This is Psalms to God, Season 1, Episode 38, The Overachiever. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com slash overachiever. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. Genesis chapter 37, verse 4, CSB. Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. So first, please excuse my voice. <clears throat> I am having some sinus issues, and so I may sound a little weird in the episode today, but I'm trying. Today's episode, we're doing a yearbook superlative again, and this time it's the overachiever. Um, I toyed with that versus teacher's pet, but you know, the person that I'm doing, it's not really like a teacher that they were the pet of. And so I thought that that was not quite as fitting, but it's in the same vein and the same line of thinking. So the person we're going to talk about today that I thought was most befitting of this category was Joseph. Now, if you went to school and you had people in your class, you probably remember the teacher's pet or the overachiever. This is the person who always knew the answer. They always did the assignment on time. Um, They were breaking the curve. And, you know, generally they just made it hard for everybody else. You may have been that person or you had somebody like that in your class. I'm pretty sure there was somebody in every class. And there's a tendency for the people who are not that person to dislike that person. And I think it's interesting in general um, because we see that kind of play out in other places in the Bible as well. For example, Cain and Abel. Um, Abel, just he was just doing what he was supposed to do. He was doing the right things. And Cain got mad at Abel. He didn't get mad at God. He didn't get mad at himself. He got mad at Abel. Why is he mad at Abel? Abel's just out here doing what he's supposed to be doing. <laughs> And it's interesting because when I think back to my childhood, there was somebody um, that I grew up with that their parents kind of put them on a pedestal. Actually, there were a couple of people I knew that their parents would brag about them and they'd be like, oh, they're so great. And they did this. and They did that. And the child themselves was pretty low key. Like they didn't really say much. They weren't really um, that arrogant in and of themselves. But many of us that were around them didn't like that child because their parents were bragging about them. And it's interesting because it wasn't that we didn't like their parents because their parents bragged about them. We somehow managed to not like the child. And I've also seen within families where you have um, parents who compare kids, whether it's comparing siblings, whether it's comparing cousins, um, friends, whatever. 
And they're like, well, why aren't you more like this child? Why don't you do more like this? Why don't you get those grades? Um, and it's weird that the resentment that builds up builds against the person who is doing quote unquote the right thing as opposed to the person who is comparing you to that person and um like i said we all experience that today so i think the most powerful example of that is in the story of joseph joseph was the favored child and i think there were multiple reasons why jacob loved joseph so much first of all jacob loved rachel the whole situation with him being with leah was not really in the plan so rachel was his first love even though leah was his first wife and then leah was having all of these babies but rachel couldn't conceive and i think you know there was probably a point where he thought that they would just never have kids together and rachel was disappointed and Leah was kind of more of, I guess, um, in the, the spotlight because she was having all of these sons. And so now Rachel has finally had a child and it's a son. And so this is like the happiness. This is essentially this is the family that Jacob had envisioned from the time that he first met this family. He envisioned himself married to Rachel and having children with Rachel so joseph was the fulfillment of i guess jacob's ultimate goal from a family situation so he loved rachel and because he loved rachel he loved joseph and i think that in and of itself kind of put him in a favored status then he was the baby i don't really know what it is about being the baby but generally speaking the baby is always um in a different place than i think the other children and i also think um what i've noticed amongst people who have multiple kids or amongst my friends who have multiple siblings is that when people start having kids let's be honest nobody really knows what to do with a child there's not really a manual and every child is different so even if there was a manual you'd have to go off script to handle your particular child and so it's a learning process so a lot of times what you see is maybe with the first child, the parent is like super strict because they, they don't really know what they're doing um, and they're trying to get it right. And then with the second child, maybe they're a little bit more lenient because they learned some things from raising the first child. And then with the third one, you know, and so on and so forth. So by the time Jacob got to this child, he already done had, um, you know, 10 other sons that he's learned things from. So the way he's treating this son is definitely different than the way he treated his first son. And the expectations are probably different as well. Because obviously, um, you know, I don't think the Bible actually tells us how many years are apart between them. But I imagine that by the time Jacob is a baby, you know, his oldest brother, Reuben, is probably, a, you know, at least a kid that's probably like you know eight ten years old um maybe older but i think at least he had to be you know almost a preteen. so the expectations that would be for this child versus a baby are obviously going to be different as well um and then that's an age where you're going to be a little testy you're not necessarily going to understand 
why things are happening the way they are. There's just a lot that I think would have been involved in the dynamic of this family. And then when you throw in the fact that, you know, here Jacob is with his four wives and they're, you know, vying for his attention and they're jealous of each other. You can just imagine the atmosphere that was in this household. But then on top of that, Joseph had a quote-unquote goody two-shoes teacher's pet-ish vibe. So if you go to the chapter 37 in Genesis, you will see that Jacob, I mean, Joseph sort of snitched on his brothers. Um, and this is kind of one of the first things we see. So it talks about how uh, Jacob loved Joseph, but then we see that something has happened and Joseph goes back and gives this bad report about his brothers, his older brothers. And um, of course, we don't know what happened. We don't know what they did. But, you know, in a sense, you know, whatever happened, whether it was something that warranted being told to, to Jacob or whether Joseph was just being a tattletale or whether, you know, it was somewhere like maybe it should have been said, maybe it shouldn't, question mark. Um, we see that Joseph was, again, like I said, this is where I got the idea that he fit into this category of kind of this um, teacher's pet, the overachiever type of uh, vibe is that you always have that kid was like, oh, they're not doing the right thing. Um, and, you know, everybody hates a snitch. It's, it's bad to say, but it's true. So maybe they just did something super simple, but they learned that they had to be on the straight and narrow in front of Joseph. And like I said, whether it was justified, not justified, we don't have enough details to understand what happened. You know, it could have been some good old fashioned brotherly um, hazing, um, for lack of better words, whether they, where they were just kind of roughhousing him. It could have been that they were supposed to do a chore and they didn't and he, you know, ratted them out. It could have been anything. But what we learned is that they did something they weren't supposed to do. And Joseph went back and told his dad and they got in trouble. And so, of course, they got mad. Um, but then it gets even more, gives us more details about what's happening and why these brothers start to dislike Joseph. So Joseph is giving this coat of many colors. It's a special coat. They weren't given a coat. So he's now getting this preferred treatment. And then he has these dreams where he sees himself being above his siblings. Um, and of course, nobody wants to hear that. And nobody trying to hear, oh, so you the baby and you, you thinking you're going to be in charge of all, you're going to rule over all of us. So, of course, they get angry. And that leads to them um, selling him off into slavery. Obviously not justified. But I think it's important that when we look at the Bible, that we look at all sides. Right. So we look at who Joseph was as a person and what aspects of him we should be taking into our personal lives. But we also understand why the brothers felt the way they did and how much of us are in them. Because I feel like many of us in that situation probably would have been mad at Joseph, too. Um, I just get reading through Genesis and reading through Joseph's story. I fully understand why his brothers were like, 
I don't like you. You getting on my nerves. You think you cute. You think you somebody because our dad is giving you all this privilege, but you really ain't about this. Um, again, like I said, clearly not a reason to try to sell your brother into slavery or to try to kill your brother. That is extreme. Um, but I can definitely see why they would have animosity towards him because it's the same kind of animosity that we felt growing up in school towards the quote-unquote teacher's pet or this overachiever in our classes who always made us look bad and for some reason everyone likes them and we don't know why and you just there's like a sense of jealousy in it like why do you like them better than me what what did I do or what did they do that was so great and how can I get the same kind of attention for myself and we all have a tendency about that and to be honest um you know i think the bible says that joseph was about 17 when he had these dreams and starts saying that his brothers are going to be bowing down to him like let's be honest most of us at 17 knew that would not go over well um it comes off a little a little braggy it might have been true maybe he needed to share it maybe it's something he could have kept to himself you you know it like i said i wasn't there but you can totally see how some of these things affected the people that were in this conversation and why things ended up kind of spiraling out of control but as we watch joseph and as we see his story we see also why he should have been favored like i said when i talked about cain and abel Abel was doing the right thing. He was just going about his life doing the right thing. When I mentioned the kid that I grew up with, they were just doing the right thing. It wasn't their fault that their parents were bragging about them. And a lot of times in our upbringing and in our classes, the child who did their homework on time and they read the book and they had the answer, they were literally just doing the right thing. And in Joseph's case, we see this in his character because even as a slave, he still does the right thing. When his master's wife comes on to him, he does the right thing. He tries to help people. Every situation that we see Joseph in, he's trying to help people do the right thing. He's doing the right thing. Um, he's following what God has for him. And, of course, he is rewarded by being promoted to the second highest person in Egypt, which was the premier nation of the time. And I think that's also an important aspect of the story because we as people have a tendency to be the brothers or to be the Cain, who is, I guess, also a brother. Um, but we have a tendency to get this jealousy and to get angry with people for doing the right thing and so we have to check ourselves and make sure that when we see people doing right we're not jealous of them we're not angry with them we just hold ourselves to that standard that we get mad at ourselves and that's a lot easier said than done but we also should take inspiration because when we are the person that's doing the right thing when you are the person that is the overachiever um god will bless you and it, it may take a while. I mean, we don't know how long Joseph was kept as, you know, a slave versus how long he was in prison and all of this other stuff. How, 
I mean, imagine you've been basically tormented by your brothers your whole life, even though you were the favorite child. Then you get sold into slavery. You end up a slave for all this time. Then you end up in jail for all this time. And then finally, you're getting your reward. This isn't like, oh, he had like one bad year. I'm pretty sure this was not like, oh, in January, you got sold into slavery by February, by the end of February, you were in jail. And then by the end of, you know, April, March, whatever, now you are in charge of Egypt. It, it didn't play out like that. There were probably years in between point A and point B. And so we as followers of God have to be steadfast during that period, during that trial and continue to do the right thing because that is what leads us from point A to point B. We start doing the wrong thing in between because we've lost faith and we've um, lost our trust that God will bring us back to point B. That's when you get off the course and end up in point C through Z and don't get to where God would have had you and so i think that that is also an important takeaway from the story of joseph that we see him remain constant in doing the right thing even throughout all of these tribulations so that is why i wanted to talk about this concept of being an overachiever or being a teacher's pet because i feel like it's so relatable to our society today and there are you know pros and cons on both sides like you you can see how people react to a teacher's pet or to a overachiever and how we're so defensive and we don't like it because it sets a standard higher for us. Um, but then at the same time, we should be trying to be that person because they're really just doing the right thing. And when you look at that situation, we can also see how if we're doing the right thing, and we're trying to walk in the path of God, people will come against us. People will have those feelings. And, um, you know, things may get ugly. They may get bad. And we have to remain constant and faithful in our walk and not let that deter us from doing the right thing. So as you go about your week and as you try to do the right things, um, don't let other people sidetrack you. And if you notice other people doing the right thing, don't let yourself get sucked into this jealous feeling or this feeling of, you know, oh, they're trying to outdo me. They're trying to outshine me. I don't like this person because X, Y, Z. Remind yourself that you can be just as good of a person if you focus on yourself and not focus on them. So that's what I want you guys to take from this episode. And I hope it's beneficial for you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. As always, the show notes for this episode will be online, www.psalmstogod.com slash overachiever. I will see you guys next week. Bye.